Hello, this is Chris Cusso, and this is my friend, Nicole Lamb. Hello. And hello. And we are both former comic book store managers. I was the manager for the Comics Dungeon in Seattle, Washington, and Nicole was the manager for Corner Comics. Unfortunately, both of those stores have shut down due to complications through COVID-19 and, and other things and other shenanigans. So so many things. So we are doing different things with our lives. And one of the things we wanted to do was to keep our nonsensical chatting with each other. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, you helped keep me sane during the past four <laughs> or five months of the shutdown era of the store. And one of the things we tend to do is ramble on about stuff. And then we regret that we can't remember a single damn thing that we said at some point. Because <laughs> we make some really good jokes as we ramble. We always and, say, we should we should write this down. And then we never yeah. do. And then we're like, what was that cool thing we did? We pretty yeah. much uh, have a creative writing session just off the cuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so that is the name of this new podcast. We should write this down. So, yeah, some of it's going to be just us randomly touching base and figuring out, or, you know, sharing things that we enjoyed with each other. But then we'll go down the rabbit hole and create our own fan fiction, which is generally way better than the actual things we watch and read. Hopefully you all will get some enjoyment out of that as well. Indeed. So, and uh, please excuse us. This is our first like pilot where we're learning everything as we go. So, yeah. So, Nicole, what you been yeah. doing? <laughs> I've been reading a lot of manga. Yes. And Same here. Yeah. And mostly reorganizing my house. But mm -hmm. we can get into that as well. But first, uh, what have you been doing since the uh, So, I launched my own website and my own Patreon and my own Twitter and Instagram and all the social medias. Which, if you know me at all, is not generally my thing to do. But basically, I launched the uh, Trusty Henchman website. It's just trustyhenchman.com. I do comic book reviews and news and everything in between. A lot of ranting and um, just trying to share creators and works and trying to uh, bring things to people's attention. So that's been my main, my main focus. And I'll give some more information about that at the end of this. You know, I'll plug myself. Sure. But this is some of the additional content that I kind of would have liked to have done, which is just chatting with my friend and getting getting some weird things out there so that maybe people <laughs> be like, oh, I never heard about that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, the one thing that is unique, I think, about us is that we're not a one note comic book reader. We, we both are really interested in reading a lot of different stuff. We do read superheroes and we read indie and we read young adult. We read manga, European and everything. So mm -hmm. it gives a very wide berth. And I think it's really great you doing what you're doing because, because you cast such a wide net, it helps to get more comics into mm -hmm. potential readers. I'm so. the fisherman, fisherman of the comic book sea. Yeah, um, pretty much. I will die at sea. That's um, right. You really are like a crusty old like fisherman. Not crusty. <laughs> Crusty's the wrong word. You're very no, clean. Yes. Uh, crabby? 
Uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll be Mr. Budget. Krabs. I'll be Mr. Krabs. You're okay. kind of Mr. Krabs without the Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and your so, beloved yeah. daughter is Berserk. <laughs> yes. Ooh, yes. Yes. Uh, that's something that y'all are going to have to get used to. This is also the Berserk podcast. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Which you don't have to worry about because Berserk comes out once every five years. So, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that's mostly been what I've been at. I've been catching up with movies and uh, other things because now we've got some of that free time. That's one of the things about comic book retail that if you think it is about just reading comic books, shut up. It's sitting it's, on your ass in a store reading comic books. Yeah, it's not, it's not. because if you're doing it right, you're uh, basically nonstop working. You're just trying to make everything survive. And by the time, by the end of the day, you don't, I don't, uh, I'll speak for myself. I don't want to re- see another comic book after a 15 hour work day. And I also don't have the mental capacity to like, focus on like a full movie or something so a lot of like short 10 minute youtube videos has been my diet for the past like i don't know 10 years so now it's just kind of like oh wait i got some time so i'm watching all these terrible fantasy movies that are cropping up on netflix now it's great it's great (laughs) you know that uh i i have a black hoodie that i always wear it's uh, it's actually the one, if you go to my website, I had a local artist draw some nice profile pictures of me, and they drew me in my black hoodie. It's the one I've been wearing since, I think, 2016, 2015. Um, it, was it, a, it was a promo, wasn't it? Yes, it was, like it was a promo a, sweatshirt we got at the store. Yep, they, they sometimes send promos to stores when there were movies. They stopped doing that lately. But um, uh, this one was for The Seventh Son. Now, I don't give a flying crap about The Seventh Son, but damn, that hoodie fit well. And it is a good hoodie. So, and I really hoped that the movie was, you know, at least serviceable, that I was promoting it in that way. But it's a tiny, like, little symbol that nobody gives a, nobody pays attention to. So Netflix, it just popped up, and I'm like, I should probably watch this movie that I've been promoting unintentionally for the past, you know, six years, four years, whatever time has no meaning. It stars Jeff Bridges (laughs) for like 10 minutes. It has Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. And when he showed up, I'm like, hey, Jon Snow. And then he dies. Uh, Julian Moore is the main villain. The main hero is Ben Barnes, the, the most white bread, white, white, cracker, white guy you could get in there. But it does have, and I can never pronounce his name correctly. Is it Jimon Honsu? He was one of the bad guys in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Yeah, yeah. And so he's in here and I'm like, hey, that guy. So it's, you know, it's it's not a bad movie. So it's an action movie. It's a fantasy action. Yeah. Fantasy action. Fantasy action. It's based off of like a short story. It's very much like the Witcher light. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, the thing is, Jeff Bridges, who I do love plays the they call them spooks are like the witch hunters and he's weird in this one somebody told him or he decided in in my fan fiction i like to think he decided that he needed to do a special voice for this movie and what he does is like he squishes his face he squishes his mouth and i can't i can't do it but it's just this really weird like 
Jeff Bridges imitation of a weird Jeff Bridges. And it's the entire movie. And it's just like, what are you doing? And it takes away from almost everything. Not takes away. It steals the show, but not in the way you want it to do. And uh, is it like um, like Christian Bale as Batman, where it kind of became a meme? Like we liked it in the beginning, but like then it just became too much or something. Like he's distracting, but in a way that you like. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because of the entire time I'm trying to watch his face because like he's also making conscious decisions on his face. And it's just kind of like, what is this character you're doing? I like it more that he must have been like, well, I don't care about this script or this whole project. So I'm just going to make a funny sound the entire time. And uh, it's that or the director was just kind of like made him do it. And maybe Mm. that's just as entertaining a fan fiction. I don't know. So anyway, I have the shirt and the shirt's better than the movie or the hoodie is better than the movie. So you sat through the whole movie. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I'll I'll say this. There's some decent effects um, mm-hmm. because basically like the the witches or demons or whatever they are, they're a bunch of shapeshifters. And this is the cool thing about the movie. The main witch by uh, Julian Moore, she is like the mother of demons or whatever. And she's regained her power and she's free. And she basically forms a posse. And like, it's a pretty cool posse. It's kind of got like a He-Man vibe to it because she's got like one guy who's like the warlock. She's got a guy who's like the head of assassins who turns into a dragon. She's got her sister who also turns into a different smaller type of dragon. There's there's a woman that turns into like a leopard. And it's just kind of... It looks sharp for the most part. She has this posse and I'm just like more time with these guys, more times with these guys, because, you know, me, I love evil things. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, especially so, if they're covered in gold, especially if they're covered in gold yeah. and uh, shiny, so um, shiny. but the uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, I'm not going to say go watch this, but at the same time, it's kind of worth looking at uh jeff bridges do his smooshy face <laughs> if they just renamed it smooshy face it could be uh, the best viewed be film better. yeah on netflix was so julian know. moore in that like porno movie about like dirk whatever his name is oh dirk Diggler? Had, yeah was that yeah yeah, yeah what yeah, was yeah, that yeah. oh boogie nights boogie nights it's been forever was she in what that if, what if she was boogie nights but with dragons Ooh, boogie dragons <laughs> it has to be boogie dragons just comes in and he's just like he's the director of the you know he's like oh, making all these great yes. porno movies but he's smooshy face smooshy <laughs> smooshy face porn director jeff bridges and boogie dragons, dragon sex it's kind of like with like the comic money shot where everyone gets so bored of por- pornography that they have to do like bigger and better things yeah. so they go to like a fantasy world where they get these like witches and dragon people Ooh, yes. And they uh, make they make porno out of it and you get Jeff Bridges smushy face weird weird voice. <laughs> smushy face weird voice. That's so what's just, that's title. What's the porn name of the lead dragon? <laughs> oh god. You're better with names than I am. Hmm. I mean what's, Julianne Moore from... is already kind of a good porn name. But it's Lore. just got like two more O's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. 
her, her name was Mother Malkin in uh, Seventh Son. Mother, something about mouths and <laughs> mouther, mouther, mother, mother, mouth. mouth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're not on our name game today, but I think no, I'm on to something here. <laughs> I think, no, no, no. I'm done with Boogie Dragons. Boogie Dragons Boogie needs Dragon. to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the dragons. What if we could make this movie better. <laughs> one of the dragons uh, always has roller skates on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. The yes. key is the roller skates. <laughs> mm-hmm. And smoosh face, smoosh face, and smoosh face, smoosh face director. Mm-hmm. Smoosh face, weird voice. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue, but <laughs> <laughs> smoosh face, weird voice. <laughs> yeah. I am a fan of smoosh face, weird voice. <laughs> <laughs> that that needs to tell like a little Facebook a face Facebook uh, profile. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, weird voice just booked me for for a scene. <laughs> this is my final breakout. Nice. Giggity giggity. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, uh uh what's his what's his bucket? Jon Snow, Kit Harrington. Yeah, he shows up and it's just kind of like, hey, it's like I saw like an old friend, and it's just like it's Kit, and then like ten minutes, he's just like the darkness takes me, Bleh. and it's just like, uh, um, oh, okay, okay. Did you ever see um Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Some of it, some of it. It always says in the beginning, you are now entering my dark place. <laughs> <laughs> they were so, so I feel back like in the he was Yeah, I'm I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You see an old friend and then he's entering the dark place and you don't even know him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I didn't even intend for that rant to turn into us making our own movie. So this is this is a good start so far. It's, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm trying to trying to bring it bring it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I had mentioned to you before this, because I was trying to think of things that we can make our fan fictions of. Mm-hmm. And I thought for our first episode, because I was just trying to figure out of clever titles we can have. Um, and Boogie Dragons is right up there. <laughs> is one of the things that I lament the most is that IDW shut down not shut down but they ended one of their versions of the transformers a couple years ago they had spent like something like 13 to 15 years expanding their universe um, of transformers comics and one of the key aspects they did was to deal with a lot of social political and issues and issues of identity and essentially they introduced gay transformers like mm-hmm. super queer transformer universe. And it was amazing because it brought in uh, a whole new generation of readers. Um, the female readership shot up. Like it was beautiful because I would have tons of uh, new customer, no tons is an over-exaggeration, but uh, plenty of new customers that were younger female readers getting into the transformers. Um mm-hmm. And so they ended that, and I haven't bothered to read any of the new version because it's more in line with the new toy lines and the new cartoon and stuff like that. And it's just not as queer. Um, And And that's a problem. That's a problem. It's a big problem. I need me some queer robots, okay? I didn't know how much I needed that until this revealed it to me. So uh, I started thinking of like, okay, we... 
we can have more than one universe. You know, if DC can have its multiverse, the Transformers should be able to have its multiverse. And so you can have the Toyverse and whateververse and standard white bread cracker robot verse but give me the queer verse and i was i was trying to figure out what that looked like and initially it was just like what if million year war was entirely based on optimus prime and megatron having a falling out um in their relationship and it's like yeah that's okay but i wanted to do better so what if there was a version of Transformers reality where they're all on ancient Cybertron and there is no war and Optimus Prime is a file clerk. And this is something that's part of the actual Transformers mythology, it, depending on which iteration, is that at some point Optimus Prime was just like a file clerk. So what if he was a uh, kind of closeted file, file clerk? And Megatron was a construction worker, which he usually is. And he wanted, he needed to go in and file something. And he was strucken by Optimus Prime's immense beauty. And so he's got a crush on Optimus Prime. And he wants to uh, ask him out. And Optimus Prime is completely oblivious to it. So the rest of the series, the rest of, I don't know if this is a comic or whatever, is this is a a boys love manga is what this is oh this is yes yes (laughs) the rest of the series is that megatron is trying to get advice from all his friends who happen to be all the decepticons and every episode is a different decepticons version of advice and it's terrible it's terrible and all of the other office workers are the Autobots, and they're trying to protect Optimus Prime because he is a precious cinnamon roll. And they don't think that every every attempt of Megatron is so weird because he's taking bad advice, and they think that Megatron is terrible. And, <laughs> and the thing is, I can't is, get over precious cinnamon roll. He's a precious, precious cinnamon roll. Also, <laughs> let's play in, you know, that whole thing of uh, there's a manga called, what is it, Cherry Magic? The idea yeah. that you have magical powers if you're a virgin. Like, yeah. that's Optimus. He is like cherry magic cinnamon roll. Absolutely. Yes. He's and the so, sweetest of rolls. <laughs> the sweetest of rolls. And uh, so the thing is, he keeps on getting. Uh, confronted with Megatron who keeps on coming up with these excuses to go into the office and file some stuff or something. And, um, but yeah, like all the other Decepticons, they're like, let's, let's just call them old construction workers. And they're all just like terrible assholes, but they really, really want Megatron to get this guy. And so you have like uh shockwave giving him advice but it's purely logical and doesn't understand emotion and then you have like starscream just giving him shitty advice um and starscream what would what would the advice be like what would what would shockwave say to megatron that would be like logical (laughs) uh well that's the thing like megatron would be like do i get him candies and shockwave is like no why? What are candies? We're robots. <laughs> give him pure flowers? unfiltered. Why are you going to give them dying flowers? <laughs> give him pure unfiltered energon. And it's just like, oh, uh, I guess that's good. <laughs> it's it is just, useful. It is practical. He will yes, appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. Stuff like that. But like basically, like he writes him a script, but the script is just so emotionless and doesn't even like give you the hint that he's asking him out or anything. 
and uh and optimus is like uh what and like all the other autobots kind of like just like hurry him out of the room and they're like get away from him um I don't know. I haven't thought that far into it, you know, like, but like the, the, the constructicons would be like, what you need to do is just smash them, you know, just, just smash them. <laughs> Stuff like that. In what oh, context do we smash in this world? I, I'm oh, not well, sure. You know, we'll leave that open to interpretation. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's the Decepticon double dealer who's like a spy and he's just kind of like lie to him, do nothing but lie to him, you know? So Tell this him is everything he wants to hear, make it. Yep. So every single different bit of advice is the culmination of what it means to be a Decepticon. You're this lying, cheating, horrible, whatever. But some people have like more specific things, like the guy who's the teleporter. He's just like, just fucking teleport. That'll impress him, you know? And uh, there's like the, God, what, what other guys have weird powers? I like that you're just looking around your room because you're covered in robots. I'm covered in robots. Yeah. Most of them are sound waves. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. Soundwave. So Soundwave. Soundwave. Every time everyone's done, Soundwave is like, "I've got another one." <laughs> yes. Sound Soundwave is the one that doesn't really bother to give advice because he's definitely ace because he doesn't give a shit about relationships except ah. for taking care of his cats and dogs. No, no, he gives a shit about relationships. He doesn't care about the sexual thing that Megatron is feeling with Optimus. Um, so what would he be like? Would like I kind of think of like Jughead, where he's obsessed with burgers and stuff. Yes. So like, what would what would he be like he's, down for? I mean, besides just saying like get a puppy or a kitten, would he just yes. like pick other hobbies? Like, I've just recently downloaded this app. It is very enjoyable. You should try it and forget about Optimus. Or like, yeah, what would that yeah. look like? That actually is kind of perfect. Um, <laughs> I, I I I really like the idea that he just keeps on telling Megatron to bring him a different animal, and that's how the Autobots keep on getting like their tape cassette animals. <laughs> they're just like okay why? that works that yeah works. it's just like why do we have like where did we get this little robot rhino tape cassette and they're like oh god damn it it was a megatron was giving him gifts you know stuff like that every time he comes up with like a crafty new way and then it's like even if you even if you call him out on it like hey is this just to get another guy it's like absolutely not this is a foolproof plan yep yep, yep and yep. then he's like Give me my little ones. Yes. Bring them to me. <laughs> and then like on the Autobot side, the other office workers, like Ultra Magnus is like the 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 manager above him. And he's just Absolutely. really stern. And he doesn't want all these. He's like, why do these construction workers keep visiting us? And, um, you know, things like that. Um, Can we give him like a JoJo's adventure hairstyle, though? For, for who? Ultra Magnus? From Ultra Magnus. Yes. Or like a pompadour, like one of those tube pompadour things that like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Katamari Damasi's dad, doesn't he have one of those or something? Yes. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to approve that. And uh, <laughs> he's yeah. very serious, but he has a ridiculous hairstyle and like <laughs> nobody can joke with him about it. He's very like he gets upset if you mention his hair. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is gold yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of as far as I got with that. I you think know? that's pretty good. You could probably get a few volumes out of that, you know, manga oh. style. And if they ever, if they ever do go on a date, it's like everyone is still trying to interfere with the date, and mm. everything's going horribly wrong. They might be on the path to really liking each other and having something, but there's just 
too many obstacles, aka Decepticons and Autobots in their way, <laughs> really there, there, made the romance blossom. Definitely. There definitely has to be a scene a la Short Circuit 2, where they go on a date, and then like from the distance, Soundwave is like trying to send him like little uh, messages via radio waves. And uh, on the other side of the date, though, Optimus is getting advan- uh, advice from Skylinks. And if you don't know who Skylinks is, do yourself a favor and Google him. He is a Griffin Pterodactyl space shuttle who is incredibly... Uh, uh, um uh oh, what's the word he won't shut up about himself he's and oh. he's a chatty narcissist, narcissist yes. <laughs> self-centered <laughs> he's he's a griffin pterodactyl that's a self-centered narcissist and so he's the one giving advice through some reason and he's just kind of like oh compliment him on his tail feathers and, and optimus is just like megatron doesn't have tail feathers and Skylink says, go, oh, um, his fusion cannon, whatever you like. I don't know. <laughs> just everything that he has. He's like, yes. this is the best. Just do yes. this. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm down with this. I'm also totally down with like a really sweet cooking style manga, but with the them just being like sexy dads and like trying to take care of some of the like orphaned robots. Wasn't there like a storyline in that last one yeah. where there were like some guy who was trying to help little guys I don't yes remember. yeah fortress maximus uh found like a whole bunch of transformers that were turned into animals and taken away their like free will and stuff like that and uh so he just took them all like they were his precious babies for the rest of the run mm-hmm. um so yeah something like that oh i forgot uh i was trying to figure out a name for this version of the series and i came up with uh queer eye for the decepticeye because I just kind of want all the other Decepticons. Like, the, the, the other Decepticons are going to be rough assholes. Uh, just just the worst people, because they are. But they are all 100% getting Megatron this romance. Because they Absolutely. support their guy. And they're just like, no, you deserve this. So they're just doing everything to try and, like, gussy him up for Optimus. Which is not what Optimus needs. What does Optimus need? I don't know. Oh, we can think about. We can go. Well, he needs. He needs a smashing. Um, (laughs) Just smash him. (laughs) Just smash him. We don't get what all this every time. It just works every time. Just combine with five other robots and smash them. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, The concerticons are. Yeah, (laughs) the concerticons are definitely uh, a poly unit. You know. Oh yeah. yeah, I like that element. Yep, yep, yep. Little ultimate mm-hmm. lifestyle flair in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they're in like a like a collective, like a communal collective or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Those people See? are also tend to be poly, so mm-hmm. sharing is caring. That's the ultimate. Smash <laughs> smashing is caring. Right? Smashing is caring. I think Hulk would agree. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let's see. So we have uh, Boogie Dragons and Queer Eye for the Decepticeye. I'm still, uh, I still feel like we have a lot of robots to go through, though. I mean, I feel like as far as like, just you know, more storylines. There's more people. There's more people out there. There's more people, but I don't know if I'm clever enough right now to figure <laughs> out what they're doing. I mean, Starscream is going to be a centerpiece. Like, he's going to be the biggest queen in the best way possible. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And uh, 
I, I, I feel there should be a subplot where Starscream is trying to woo Optimus in spite of Megatron. So he that keeps giving Megatron for me. Yeah. Like, purposefully bad advice. There's, uh, <laughs> there's innocent bad advice from the other Decepticons. And then there's the purposeful bad advice. But the best thing would be is what if the purposeful bad advice from Starscream actually starts to work in wooing Optimus? I like yeah. that. I yeah. like that. What's the uh, line that usually like stars? Oh, is it Megatron says like you have failed me yet again, Starscream? Is yes. that what he usually says? Yeah. So that could be the end of most chapters with yeah. You know, as far as bad dating advice goes, he's got to hit a couple notes in there just to be like hammering at home. Like this is still a Transformer comic after all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh, like on the uh, Autobot side, like Ratchet the uh, medic. He's he's just I, I office workers have medics. I don't know. He's just there <laughs> and he's just going to be bathing uh, Optimus like he's going to be like the most o- not the most overprotective. The most overprotective will be Prowl. Prowl is the cop who is like kind of an evil cop who will do anything he can do to uh, manipulate the system for peace. And so he's definitely going to be the overprotective mother for Optimus. Mm. Um, Ratchet will probably be the, uh, the more easygoing father. They're all fathers. Oh, there's a couple mothers in there. <laughs> Gender means I nothing. like how it's gone from like friends protecting other friends to like, no, this is a family unit and we're just oh, gonna, yeah, yeah. we're just gonna talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, they I'm should fine be. with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a found family, you know? It's, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. just trying to think I, I i am just looking at my other toys and just That's being right. like what am i missing here who would tell a great sub story and it's like i don't own any of the most uh characteristic transformers i don't know it's weird it's a little it's a little weird that you don't own like every robot ever but at the same time i know I'm that your focus lies your focus lies in in evil a lot of times. Yes, yes. So there's there should be the uh, the triple changers should be there, and they would be like because uh, there's three uh, specific triple changers for the Decepticons: Blitzwing, uh, Astrotrain, and Octane. And um, Astrotrain's whole advice should be like take him on a train ride, and, and or take him into space. And mm. Megatron's just like, those two have nothing to do with each other. And Master <laughs> Train's just like, don't they? Don't they? A train into space is probably the ro- the, mo- the roast morantic. The most or romantic most- road to romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I can function. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's actually not bad advice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd, I'd feel really, really loved if somebody took me on a train to space. <laughs> that needs to be a shirt <laughs> nothing yeah. says i love you like a choo-choo train into the void of space oh i like choo-choo train that's very cute i choo-choo choose you you know oh. yeah <laughs> yes. well i think our fan fiction went pretty good i think it yeah. went pretty good i think you we've know, been doing this, this- half an hour so i think that's still 
Solid. There's room for improvement, you know, but uh, we can always revisit Queer Eye for the Decepticeye. So- yeah. It's a good title anyway, so we should we should definitely mm-hmm. keep that going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you uh, seen or read anything else that caught your eye? I've been reading this. The Cornered Mouse Dreams of Cheese. And I've also read... So it's back to boys' love, pretty much. I also oh, read yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Liquor and Cigarettes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Liquor and Cigarettes and Cornered Mouse Dreams of Cheese. They're both boys' love. They're both mature. They were both shrink-wrapped, so you know that there's dick in it. Or at least you hope <laughs> that there's dick, dick in it. I hope that there's dick in it. Anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah, one is like, well, they're both actually, there's this whole thing about like straight guys, you know, gay guys wanting to like turn straight guys or pining after their, you know, their old friends or something like that unrequited love style. And both of these take on the element, but one does it very like ethically, well, sort of questionable ethics in the beginning and then like pretty ethically and consensually. And then the other one is like just straight blackmail. It's just like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So liquor and cigarettes is like the nice one where it's like at first I thought that the blonde guy named Theo was um was gay cuz he looks like a little twink. Um <laughs> but he's supposedly like completely straight or straight 99.9% straight. Gotcha. And his friend, I think it's Camillo, is this bisexual man which like oh hooray, look there's a bisexual man that exists in comics is like pining after theo and like theo can't hold his liquor he owns a liquor store and camillo owns a a cigarette store and everybody wants to bone camillo because he's you know he's hot everybody Mm. thinks he's great everybody wants that shit um and so you know camillo's like i'll help you to learn how to you know hold your liquor better so you can do this contest that's doesn't make any sense like a Mm. wine tasting where you're supposed to just drink like 20 glasses of wine (laughs) no i don't i don't think that's a thing (laughs) (laughs) i think that was completely made up it does seem like it's like maybe in italy you know or some sort of warmish place where people like wine we don't know how they do in italy you know, I don't, maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Italy. You know, I I shouldn't judge. I'll just trust this random manga that probably also doesn't know Italy, but we'll just go with it. Probably not. You know, Ranmaru Zaria, Zaria, Yaya. You know, they probably know their stuff. They probably did research. It's yeah, fine. Maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But like every night, they they drink, and Camilla Camilla is like, "Well, if you get blackout drunk, I get to kiss you." And it's like, um, um there's hmm. a lot of there's a lot of problems with that idea. Yes. Um But you're like, keep going. <laughs> okay, sure. And like Theo never really says like, okay, but they just start drinking. You know? Camillo's hmm. like, have you ever thought about being with men? And he's like, uh I don't know, no. But he clearly has like an attraction to Camillo, because I guess Camillo's just one of those guys that like he like Fabio's into a room and everyone just uh, like splooshes immediately, you know? This is I don't know why my brain did this, but when you said <laughs> Fabio into a moon, I envisioned Fabio going to a room like Kramer from Seinfeld. 
complete with like the really weird like body stutter, you know? Yeah, yeah. like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the jerking motions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and instead of everybody caught off guard, they're just like immediately super horny. Yes. Like yes. <laughs> everybody just has to change their pants immediately. Everyone's like, "Great, I just changed my pants because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you came in ten minutes ago, and then I came." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. it's a it's an interesting story because it does become more consensual like clearly theo is a, attracted to camillo um but just can't really come to terms with it i mean he even looks up gay porn and be like what do they do and then he's like <laughs> oh god i don't think i can do that like mm. yeah where else do you think you stick a penis like it doesn't mm. take a lot of imagination <laughs> <laughs> It's not rocket science. I've never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. What a strange concept. Um, no, not really. Not really. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it ends up being very sweet and also very erotic. Okay. Because okay. there's dicks in it. You know. Yeah. Camillo's uh, very... What's interesting about both of these stories, though, is that both of the guys pursuing the straight guys are always tops. It's always Mm got to be like a gay man who wants to put it in your butt and he's going to do it one way or another, either consensually or through blackmail. And you are eventually maybe going to kind of like it, possibly love it, probably Mm. love it. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I'm going to put it in your butt and it's going to be great. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) At your house at a quarter to eight. There's my wrap today. Nice. Uh, oh, quick side note, because of the way you introduced the segment, uh, where you're just like, it's shrink wrap, so there better be penis in it. There better be dick <laughs> in it. Uh, I just thought I'd mention this because I sent it to you yesterday. Uh, I found a very interesting article called Behold, the Vision's Penis, uh, yes. the vision from the Avengers. Absolutely. And it's called The Presence of Absence in Mutant Romance Tales. And it is a amazing look at the 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 way that the vision represents uh different things as far as like the concept of masculinity um the female gaze all this other stuff and mm-hmm. so if you get a chance it's at a website called the middlespaces.com and the great thing is they sent it to you and I'm like, this is the best essay about the visions dick I've ever seen. And you're like, we were just talking about that. <laughs> so we were all on the wavelength <laughs> about robot dick. Yeah, no, we were talking about the, like the Avengers run from like 197 to 200, where there's that weird thing with Carol Danvers, where some guy in limbo just feels kind of lonely. So he like stops space time, pulls her out, lose her in limbo, then puts her back in her ship impregnated with him him, his essence and she's like flying down to go talk to scarlet witch because scarlet witch i think wants to try to have babies with vision right she wants that android baby situation happening so and then carol's like nah i'm too busy for babies and then she's like oh i'm three months pregnant and then she has the baby which is the guy and then she's like this is strange. I'm very attracted <laughs> to you, but I don't really know. And the Avengers are like, yeah, that's kind of weird. And then he's like, well, I got to get out of here because I'm going to ruin space time. And she's all like, oh, well, I'll come with you. And the Avengers are like, yeah, that sounds cool. 
Okay. <laughs> we don't care for Carol. She could go and hang out with yeah. her baby daddy baby daddy with whatever. Baby daddy know. son daddy baby? I don't know. Do you remember the name of the, that guy? Was that that wasn't Corback, was it? I don't you know. You know what? I don't remember the name because William's been reading them, but uh, that's my husband. But yeah. he um, didn't mention the name. We've just been going through it because it's like there's a the Marvel handbooks where it talks about this part of Carol's life. And then you read issue 200 and it's pretty much like reading the handbook. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty one for one. You don't really quite get more clarity of like. Why are the Avengers okay with this? Because it's going to ruin space time, and so they're like, "Yeah, this is how you save the day. You just you just go with this guy to limbo who may or may not have like groomed, coerced, and manipulated you, and impregnated you with himself to come out of you, and then continue to date you." Yeah, I mean, there's. I always like to imagine that at a certain point, um, it's not the writer being lazy; it's the Avengers being like, "Look." Look, we just fought Ultron for the 500th time. I'm tired. Does this resolve the situation where I can go to bed now? <laughs> the Captain does, America is yeah. an old man, and he just wants to watch his programs and get back to bed. And <laughs> it's just like, uh, again with the cosmic Madonna, do we have to do this old dance again? And at some point, I'm sure that, you know, when Tony Stark is drunk and he's just had a rough day, of dealing with people stealing his armor again, that he's just probably like, okay, <sighs> there's this guy named Korvac, and we still don't know what his deal is because we keep talking about him, and he's supposed to be a threat, but he seems to be just a guy. Like, whatever, yeah. just take him, Thor, take him, and just have a beer with him, and we're done. We're good. I'm going home. I yeah. got others. I got Iron Man stuff to do. I'm done with <laughs> Avengers stuff. The Avengers stuff is weird it definitely feels like that where they're just like i'm done for the day this solves the problem we don't have to do some complicated science maths and like we could just (laughs) go have some shawarma you know like exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i mean it's loosely based off of vision's penis but there there was there was you know the idea of impregnation and is that a thing is that a word or did i just make that up yeah no what? Yeah. Well, the, and the, I read some of the essay last night, and it is it is very academic. And yes. she straight up just says, like, no, this is my study. Like, this yeah. is my jam. Right yep, yep, yep. Not, not the study of penises, but, like, I forget what her official title was. It was, like, feminist something. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I thought was really interesting about it was talking about, like, vulnerability in masculinity and how... Yes. They showed that one panel um, and how everyone, uh, the one panel of Vision crying and saying even androids can cry and how it was something that it was like one of the members of the Avengers were actually saying that they were like, so everyone knew he was crying, but he went off and cried by himself. And it was a level of like acceptance. And yeah, what I like about her saying that, too, is she said something like, and here's the thing, they've all had that. They, they, they've all had a good cry. So they're just like, yeah, he's a good guy because he cries too. You know, yeah. let me flex my muscles real quick, but then let me cry a little bit. That's right. Uh, That's right. Uh, the spandex is so tight, yeah. but also so, I have feelings. So her name is Anna Peppard, and she is a Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada, postdoctoral fellow in the Department of Communication, Popular Culture, and Film at Brock University. 
she is a person who is smart. Yes. 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 (laughs) She's the editor of the anthology Super Sex, Sexuality, Fantasy, and the Superhero, which looks like it's supposed to come out in the fall of this year, pending COVID-19. So, (laughs) yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, that was just a uh, a bit of a tangent that uh, I thought would be interesting. Oh, absolutely, and I think it's I think it's worth a read. It's it is a bit heady, but I also think that there's some interesting um, some interesting discussions in there, especially with like the depiction and the audience. Like she always said that she couldn't really relate to a lot of stuff unless it was um, written by like gay men because it had a different perspective than right, a straight right. man would have, and um and i think yeah there i mean there's a reason why a lot of gay people like the x-men there's Mm. a reason why you know certain demographics go towards certain things there's a reason why gay robots appeals to young you know teenage women you know so it's it's all like who you're speaking to i just this that avengers run was just so like like what are you doing bro yeah like who is this (laughs) supposed to be entertaining for you're right not for kids. It's it's weird because sometimes, you know, I, I get the feeling that there's very deliberate plotting going on. But other times I like to keep in mind that um, these guys have deadlines and they got to chug this stuff out. So I'm sure at some point that they were just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Make the robot cry. I don't give a crap. Keep going, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah like some, yeah. some of these things that people give a scholarly analysis of. In some cases, I'm sure there was some thought put in by the creators, but at other places, I I really feel that like some of these guys were just like, I got to get 50 pages done two days. Oh, absolutely. This thing, I don't care if this mountain looks like a dick or not. I'm going to make this (laughs) phallic object because that's what a mountain looks like, you know? Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like sometimes a thing is just a thing. Right. Um, yeah, especially if you're looking back on some of the older stuff, there's like miscoloring, you know, uh, all all over the place. You know, things just didn't quite land the way they were supposed to, and it's probably because everyone was under strict deadlines. Yep, exactly. It's, yeah, it's only like those certain creators where they've been either given space or they've taken on a new project and just been approved to do whatever. You know, that mm-hmm. you'll get more of their voice and what they really meant to do. You know. Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> there's there's an issue of Transformers where Megatron is being psychoanalyzed by the therapist and he just gets up and he says, no, no, we've been talking about my fusion cannon for long enough. Sometimes a fusion cannon is just a fusion cannon. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, it just so happens. This is what my arm is attached to. Leave it be. <laughs> but so, what yeah. does it mean? How does it make you feel? You hold your masculinity <laughs> on your sleeve. It's like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, oh. I mean, I think this is very fitting that we're talking about, you know, masculinity and different viewpoints. And we're also talking about gay robots. And we're also talking about porno dragons. I feel like it's all. This is us. All... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thematically, you know, there's a lot of masculinity and, and different aspects of that that we're, you know, discussing as well. Mm. I don't think we focused on women much. It's mostly the gay. Mm. <laughs> the gay. The gay gay. The gay. Yes. 
Okay, I do want to mention this real quick because I mentioned that I was talking about uh, catching up with bad fantasy movies. Right. And uh, I just watched the 2011 release of Red Riding Hood on Netflix last night. The, and I'm sorry, the what? <laughs> Red Riding Hood. You remember that period where they were making like uh, like the Brothers Grimm and all those like really bad fantasy movies? Oh, no. did he miss those? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like they, they did like the version of uh, Snow White with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Um, oh, wait, just, this is sounding familiar. Okay. Chris, so Chris Hemsworth with Snow White. Hood, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they made a little Red Riding Hood and it was starring um, Amanda Seyfried, who I haven't seen her in a while. She was in Les, Les Mis. Um, yes. um, but Gary Oldman is in it. And uh, so is like Billy Burke. And then there's a whole bunch of just really generic, like, I'm the young man hero guys. And uh, thank God for Gary Oldman. Um, it's it wasn't. Mm, no, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> it, it it was well put together as far as like a film. It it you know it, it, it production values were were nice. It was actually produced by Leonardo DiCaprio. That's weird. And it was directed by Catherine Hardwick. Um, but. Uh, the weirdest thing about it, and this is what I wanted to talk about, is that its soundtrack is contemporary. Um, it's anachronistic. Like, half the soundtrack is done by Fever Ray. And, like, basically, uh, this is 2011, so they're trying to reach, like, a younger audience. So they're playing, like, you know, teen romance music. But this is Fever Ray is not teenage well, romance music. It's no, weird. <laughs> it's weird, yeah. But yeah. I mean, this is this is taking place in like you know grim fairy tale time. Right. Um, it's like this weird fantasy. So it, it it I hate it when films do that. Like there's an episode of Game of Thrones where it, it ends and the credits uh, play uh, Dropkick Murphys, and it's just kind of like, why would you do that? That's weird. Yeah. So yeah. this whole thing was uh, i am not saying go watch this but i am saying go watch it um just just so you can feel the weird sense of being ripped out of a story by bad music i, I feel know. that way when i see most trailers these days because oh, they want to yeah. like take like nirvana and have some girl like slow like it down coco rosie like <laughs> or something it's just like yeah Ugh. yeah Takes me out of it immediately. I think they did that with one of the X Men trailers, maybe like Age of Apocalypse or something. It was like, right. I'm like, what are we doing right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're like singing like London bridges falling down, yes, or something exactly. like that. But it's supposed to be like overly dramatic because it's an action movie, and you're like, yeah, why, and they like, why are you doing in there or some like I don't know yeah. atmospheric background, and you're like, what, what are we? Why are you doing a cover of London Bridge? I don't yeah. Know. You know, so. Rockabye, baby. <laughs> now, what are we doing? Yeah. Why Why is Apocalypse singing Rockabye, baby? Old right now? McDonald had a farm. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be for the edgy remake of Animal Farm. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be for like the. Uh, um, Tim Burton remake of Animal Farm or something. I don't know. 
Yeah, you pretty much nailed it. <laughs> it's painful. It's got to be like one or two of these trailer production houses or whatever that are just doing all of these things. I mean, yeah. it's like in vi- video game trailers are all terrible too. They're all like, whoa, <laughs> like everyone's slapping their knee. And I'm like, what are, why are we doing this? Right. Yeah. I'm immediately just like, mute this, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting now that I can catch up to all these terrible movies, how many I missed. Because I, I saw this pop up on Netflix and I was just kind of like, oh, that must have been like the past couple of years, 2011. And it's just like, oh, okay. And it's leaving Netflix like in a day or two. So I just oh, got it. it? Oh. I, I... Is this where uh, Amanda Siegfried also, is it Siegfried? Uh, hello, Siegfried. Um, it is Amanda Seyfried. S e y f r i e d. Seyfried. Didn't didn't she do her own version of Little Little Red Riding Hood? Like oh, the Little she? Red Riding Hood. Yeah, there's something like that on YouTube. Huh. I uh, I don't see that anywhere in the credits here. Oh. Um. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. True. I mean, she she is an accomplished singer. She probably could have done that. In our new fan fiction, she definitely did. It, it so. either it either happened for the movie or she just was like, oh, let me just cover that song now because I like it. Yeah. And I also did this movie and it reminded me of that song. You know how bad my memory is, is that I started watching this and I saw her and my brain was just like, I know her from somewhere. <laughs> I literally just finished watching Le, Le Mis the day before that. Oh, boy. And my, my brain couldn't connect them. Uh, and like those were, those were released a year apart. So it's not like she looked that different or anything. I think she looks exactly the same as she did like 20 years ago. I mean, she is a vampire. So yes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's okay. (laughs) We we don't discriminate against their kind. That's okay. No, no. And the way Hollywood runs shit, that's probably good for her. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ooh, speaking of vampires real quick. Can I hit you something? Uh, yeah. we, we, you, you did your manga review. I'll do my manga review. Dragon, oh, yeah. Go- Dragon goes house hunting is one of my favorite series. And, uh, the new chapter volume five introduces a competing realtor and it is a, uh, part of the vampire retail, uh, uh, real estate company. And what's great is he's a giant bat with a monocle and a hat and they're like, what, aren't you supposed to be like sexy, like a vampire? And he's like, oh, I've been cursed. So I can only become a sexy human for three minutes of a day. And uh, so he does it every once in a while to put emphasis on selling a house. It's pretty great. It's how he seals the deal, huh? It's how he seals the deal. Yep. yep yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, nice. I only wanted to mention that because we hit vampires briefly. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you have that on your Instagram. I think you posted is the bat guy, right? Yeah, the bat guy just posted yeah. it on my Instagram. So, yeah, which is. Oh, uh, trusty henchman. <laughs> it's time okay. for plugs. <laughs> it's time. for. Oh, it's time for plugs. OK, well, let me just uh, actually look up my own websites. <laughs> so if you want my main website, you can go to trusty um, and then from there, there's a ton of links. You can support me on Patreon. Um, and uh, what I do with my Patreon is that all the articles I write, you get exclusive ahead of time. 
But if you just sign in for the base level of Patreon, $3 a month, uh, you get uh, exclusively, not anywhere else, my, my weekly newsletter, um, which I used to do for the Comics Dungeon for like the past 16 years. And, um, you know, it's a little bit of news, previews, reviews, a little bit of everything. You can also support me on Coffee, which is just coffee.com, K-O slash F-I um slash trusty henchman and um but all this you can find on my main website so yes Mm -hmm. there's a facebook a twitter a tumblr an instagram and an rss feed (laughs) i did everything all the things all the things so yes (laughs) yes well i believe that will conclude our first pilot episode of we should write this down Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, what are we going to call it? We should have written it down. Hey. <laughs> hey. I think we did pretty good for our first episode. Yeah. So, so yeah. thank you for listening. Yes. And uh, we will ramble on again in the future. That's right. So, yes. And uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>